And we're back. What's up, everyone? Hello. It's Chloe. And this is Chris. And this is episode two of Point of View. Yep. Two episodes. I know, right? Feel free to email us at 2020pointofview at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or concerns. You sound so serious when you say it like that. Well, I mean, it might be serious for the people. I don't know. Or text us, since the only people really listening right now are people we know. So you gotta be careful how you put that out there because someone's like, "Oh, you have their number? Can I get them?" I'll text. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't always respond to random text messages. Might be a setup. <laughs> Anyways, I uh, just had Thanksgiving a couple days ago. We did. That was good. I gained four whole pounds. I gained zero. So, good job. I'm jealous. (laughs) And we kicked it with the Bostons. Um, Shout out to the Bostons for making mac and cheese. Rashard for making mac and cheese. (laughs) I cannot give credit to both. Oh, actually, that kind of brings up a funny topic. Um, I've seen it floating around this year of is mac and cheese a Thanksgiving side dish? Most definitely is. I mean, people eat it as a, as a main meal, but, like, you're supposed to have, like, some greens with, like, I had some greens with it earlier or some turkey. Right. You know, just leftovers. But it's it's definitely the ultimate side dish because somebody's mac and cheese could ruin an entire Thanksgiving. Yeah, but some people don't even make mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Shame on them. But, you know, to each his own. I, I mean, I I'm never not, grew up eating mac and cheese on Thanksgiving. I am not judging you right now. <laughs> Shout out to James. But no, James. I don't want hey, Thanksgiving without it. The homie James, James Anderson's mac and cheese is the Bombay. <laughs> James's mac and cheese is really good. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, it was fun. It was just the four of us. We kept it safe and small and had a lot of food and it was a good time. Sounds good promising <laughs> i was asleep half the time yeah chris chris did i was really fighting sleep. sleep and i couldn't do it i could not athena, do it athena your breath is all up in our microphone athena is the dog yes don't you go somewhere sit <laughs> good girl anyway anyway we hope you guys had a good thanksgiving too yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed our first podcast. I mean, it got yeah. some interesting reviews. Uh, no emails, so uh, that means everything is good. So, or not. Or or not. I don't. <laughs> or not. <laughs> no, but um, we kind of we sat down and well, we've been trying to talk about what will be a good topic to discuss because um, we do want to we do want to have a topic every week. And so we were trying to think of it, and then this morning I heard on another podcast um, someone's dad said an interesting comment, and I was like, ooh, I got to tell that to Chris, because I think that would be a good conversation starter. What? So he said, um, and he's a black man, and he said, black people know... Or learn how to act around white people. But on the contrary, white people don't really seem to know 
or learn how to act around black people. Interesting. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, the white people I grew up around played sports. You know, my bro Casey Martin has been our quarterback for for years. And so he knew all the time. His dad was um, awesome in raising him. And, um, you know, he taught him to treat everybody with respect. But that's an interesting comment because I don't think white people know. I think they're learning as of this year. Uh, due to the incident that happened with George Floyd in Minnesota, I think that sparked a lot of it. And I think they're learning. Um, even sometimes, like, in my place of work, working with teenagers, you know, there are select white people that approach me differently when I'm talking to a young man or a young lady about the choices that they've made. They don't approach me with, oh, you shouldn't be talking to them like that. It's, well, in what ways can we learn something different? There's nothing different about it. I said exactly what I said, and this is what I meant. And if they don't do it, then that's on them. The choice is theirs. I have learned that in my field that a lot of times um, there are select people in power um, over these teenagers, over these kids that say, this is what you're going to do. But they don't really include them. And my style in working with kids is how I've learned to talk to white people over the years growing up uh, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Include them. I don't really need you to be included. I really don't. But if you feel like you're included, then maybe, just maybe, you'll have an idea of who I am. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, it just made me kind of think, though, like... I mean, did you grow up... I mean, obviously, you grew up having different conversations than, like, a white child would. That's... Well, that's a broad statement. Well, the other thing I was going to say is that we've had this conversation before, though, where I've mentioned that you have, like, presented yourself a certain way or you've talked a certain way around certain people. Yes. And so, I guess... I kind of am just curious about, like, how that makes you feel overall. Well, Like, how does it feel to feel like you have to watch your words or whether you watch your words or not? But, like, how does it feel to just kind of be on guard, I guess? Um, for me, it, it's, it was an, it's been a normacy. Um, you just, it's, it's, it's normal. Depending on who I'm talking to, um... My tone may change to make if we're talking if we're talking white person in general, my tone will change to make that person feel safe. Okay. you know what I mean? Most of the time I go around, especially when I'm by myself, I hum to me. Uh, You know, for those of y'all who do not know, I can carry a tune a little bit. So for me, if I'm at a grocery store, I'm humming. I get the, oh, you have a nice voice. Now, I seem, I'm safe to them. Oh, he's, you know what I'm saying? He's really harmless. So, you know, fun fact, I feel uncomfortable. I sing to me. People will approach me before I approach them. That's a lot then, because you sing like every time we're in public. Mm Mm-hmm. 
well, why do you feel so unsafe going to the same places that you go all the time? I mean, this is not like <laughs> I'm still black. <laughs> I mean, honesty is, is, is just, you know, when I think about America and the domestic terrorists it's faced and the fact that the news feeds don't call it as such domestic terrorism. I think about those people um, who were in Walmart in El Paso, Texas, when that young man came in um, and just started shooting people. I feel unsafe, but I'm always watching. Um, but in, in all actuality and honesty, because I'm with you, I can't be, I can't feel unsafe because you are somebody that I have to protect. Hmm. So you have to feel safe. I feel safe. Of course you do. Because I have white privilege. Well, yeah. I don't always feel that. It's interesting when people watch us together, they kind of, I catch the looks and you don't. Remember when we went to South Carolina? And that lady looks like, why is she looking at it? I said, because you're white and we're holding hands. And you was like, nah. I said, okay. I don't know if I remember that. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it happened. And yeah. that's that's pretty much my response to everything. I, I just say, oh, okay, if you say so. But that's something that you didn't see. That's something that I'm always I looking guess, for. Like, that's the difference, though, that we're kind of talking about is that you grew up being on alert versus I grew up in a small area where everybody knew everybody. And so those observations and stuff, I feel like I just don't have. So it's kind of like. When we're out in public with just me and you, like, I'm not concerned with anybody else. Well, you're not concerned. I'm watching a whole lot of people. Right. At at once. Right. Uh, Restaurants, grocery stores, even just driving down the street. Which I'm, like, thankful for that, too, at the same time. Like, because I'm not observant. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, like, good to have somebody who's at least (laughs) observant of something. Um, no, you're not. But I, I, I think that that comment, um, I think, like I said, going back, white people are select white people are learning how to, quote unquote, police themselves around black folk. I don't want to be considered uh, a racist. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, so they're learning how to tiptoe around black people. But the interesting thing uh, about black people um, that I love is well, we're not going to hang you if you whistle at a woman. Well, right. Emmett Till. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to... What you say? You know, we're, we're not going to do that. Um, unless you say, like, the N-word. It's like, excuse me? But I've even seen videos to where, you know, they even... They say the N-word to the white person. It's like, you're you're uppity N-word. And, like, kind of reverse the role. And it's, it turns into comic relief for some. Right. Uh, because I think that's one of the things that select white people don't want to be called is, oh, I'm not a racist. I've adopted yeah, black children. That is also... I have black friends. It's like, that's kind of one of the telltale signs that you might be a racist as you point out that you have a black friend. But white people who that... aren't racist don't say anything. Like, oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> and they keep it moving. My yeah. boy Chris Spade, for one, he's far from racist. 
Right, but why is it that white people feel the need to make the comment, I am not a racist? It's the worst thing I think you could call them. I mean, Louis Farrakhan said years ago, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, I just told my age, um, that white people treat black people the way they do because they are afraid if they that if black people become into power, we will treat white people as they once did to us. Mm. And I think that's a legitimate, and it's been a, a topic you know, for months and years, uh, but it's just now coming out. Um, I think that's what some people between the ages, we'll say 65 and up, are still afraid of. Mm-hmm. I don't want the black person to treat me like I died because I've said some foul things. I've done some foul. Nah, man, we just want to be. If you got, if you uh, in line for a job and I'm in line for the same job, we may the best man or woman win. Pretty much, it's nah. Don't invite that n word up. He can't do the job. And I'm like, oh, okay. But you'll pay us for the talents, i.e., the NBA. It's ninety percent black. Fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at things from a from a different perspective, especially when it comes to policing themselves around certain ethnicities and stuff. Like when I see Asian people um, and they like speak in their native tongue, I can only help but wonder like what they're saying and how difficult it was for them to come to this country speaking a completely different language and forced to learn English to, to get a job and start their own business and, you know, what that's like. Um I couldn't I couldn't imagine. Do you know what it's like to become an American? It's hard. I've never experienced it. Well, I've never experienced it either. <laughs> I've happened to ask some questions and look at the test. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> they have to know things that we don't even have to really remember memorize like that. And the English language is the hardest lear- language to learn. I know, right? We make it so difficult. There, there, there. There, there, there. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel about it? Do you feel like you have to tiptoe around, like, what to say, what not to say around black people? You know what's interesting is, I will be honest, I think the more... I won't, Okay, I won't say it that way. I will say this. When you are starting to learn about the cultural differences between white and black people, you kind of have this feeling of like, you don't want to offend anybody. So you don't want to say the wrong thing. So you're being a little bit more cautious of what you say and how you say things. Mm. Like I I can honestly say Mm. that I think I went through a, a phase of that where it was like, when I was really learning differences, I was like, oh... I don't want to say that because that might sound bad. And I think you've even experienced some of that because I've said to you before, I'm like, oh, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to blurt it out and then you can kind of help me help me learn how to say this. Mm. Um, and so there's that phase. But then I think when you really kind of continue to learn more and more and you speak with more black people and you understand things more and you yourself like share a lot of the same opinions um it becomes easier because even you can get a little bit 
I don't want to say like loose with it, but you can you can just feel more comfortable, I guess. Mm. Um, What's it like when things. somebody's like breaking down, like what what to say, what not to say uh, around black folk? Because I've seen you in like an all black folk setting, friends, and stuff. You were totally fine. Like you just, I've been the only white person in the room plenty of times. <laughs> What's that like for you? I like it. Because when I went to Craig, I was like, I'm not the only black right now. I saw another you black know, person. Honestly, I was like, on it. like, I think someone brought that up once um, when I had like a gathering of some kind. And I just never even thought about it. And they, they're the ones who brought it up as like a joke, you mm-hmm. know. And... Um, like a friendly joke, of course, because it was like all people I knew and friends friends yeah. with. But it's just like they brought it up as a joke and it was just kind of like, oh, I just didn't even like I honestly didn't even think of it because some of the people in here are like my closest friends. Non-observant. Non-observant. <laughs> <laughs> but like I've noticed it. I've noticed it too. like, you know, being the only person, but it just doesn't. I don't, I don't know. I just don't see any, as, I feel comfortable. Well, if you, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, but as, as a white, as a white woman, what would you say to white people who are uncomfortable or feel remotely uncomfortable around a group of black folk? What would you say to those people who ever get in that situation? Like, oh, I need to leave. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> Why do you feel you need to leave? <laughs> I don't know. And I guess, you know, what's, you know, the other thing that's interesting, too, is, like, even some of my close white friends have, whether or not they're, like, best friends with some black people or just they have some close friends, too. And so Mm -hmm. I think they kind of just know how to act, too, which makes it, it just makes it easier in -hmm. that way. And it's kind of like this mutual understanding. So the, the... those people that I'm around that I associate myself with, like, they just know how to act in general in a public setting. Yeah. And we, you know, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that this year has really shown. And I'm sure a lot of other people out there have done the same thing. But um, after George Floyd, it was like, you know, if you don't understand what is happening if you don't understand the difference between white and black people if you are an all lives matter person if you are you know all those things like blue lives matter is not a thing that's a profession i just can't continue to associate myself with you and I tried at the beginning to just not, like, write people off, but, like, mm-hmm. say my piece and try to educate. And some people chose to accept that and some didn't. And mm-hmm. then it's just, like, it becomes a, a point where, to me, it's not worth the argument. I have given you the facts. I have given you my opinion. And I cannot change your opinion. You can change your opinion. So whether you choose to do more research or listen to others or whatever you may do, like, that's on you. And if you can't do that, then I don't want to see your stuff on my feed anymore. Devil's advocate, that would sound like to me if I didn't, like, oh, I don't really believe what you're saying. That sounds like you're trying to conform me to something. 
I never. No, I just said. I know what you said, but what I, what I am saying is like, I mean, I, and over the past summer, I have heard you. I'm cut this person off. I cut. This, they just don't get it. I'm not talking to them. Like I don't even want to see their stuff on my feet. And I and I get that part. But at the same time, they're trying to do the same thing to you. So what happens when you guys aren't coming to a, a mutual agreement? You guys still had pizza together yesterday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what I I guess what I'm telling you is like there are family members that I have deleted off of Facebook. Well, that's Facebook. They're still gonna be your family or, regardless of what their thoughts are. I know, but I'm just saying it's like I don't wanna I don't wanna see your stuff because it makes my feed negative and Ooh. I don't want that. What if but what if the stuff that you share makes their feed negative? Then they can block me or whatever. Okay, I'm just because the is mutual. I, I guess mean, I guess the whole point I'm trying to say is that you can have a conversation with somebody and you can kind of do a little bit of back and forth in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to get one when I say things to people, it's not that I'm trying to like conform them or get them to the other side. It's not like something weird like that. It's mm-hmm. just like this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say like it's right versus wrong, but it is right versus wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And so if you are wrong and I am right, I'm going to tell you why I'm right and tell you why you're wrong also. And whether they choose to, whether they choose to believe that or not is on them. That's a a true statement. Very interesting. But, uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, that was just, I mean, there was a lot of people over those couple months this summer that it was just like, you gotta go. Or, or the people that get. from an emotional place though. Well, there's an emotional aspect of it, too, because I'm with a black person and my future is going to be with a black person. Oh, you said that in stone, huh? I ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. That sounds like <laughs> kidnapping, but. So, but, you know, it's just it's like. <laughs> my if, thoughts if, out loud. <laughs> to, you know, and I think I've told you this, too, like to be to be fair, like. When someone is saying something about black people, I get defensive about that because that is, you're saying something about the person that I love, mm-hmm. who's my other half, who's my partner in life, mm-hmm. my number one supporter. Like you're saying some, you're saying these negative things about the person who to me is like way up here on the pedestal. Mm. And they're trying to cut it down. And so. I say things kind of in defense to that because I would expect you to stand up for me just like I stand up for you. Oh, it's only right. And so I guess that is kind of the place that I come from when I'm trying to educate people, whether it be family, friends, what have you, mm-hmm. coworkers, and just having the conversation. Like, um,. Our friend Charlene, mm-hmm. you know, she was telling me how she just had like an honest conversation with someone who wasn't understanding something. And she asked, like, the girl asked Charlene was like, can you explain this, you know, or whatever? And Charlene was like, sure. And then at the end of the conversation, the girl was like, oh, duh, that makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. But because it all kind of goes back to what the 
topic of this is and kind of what I brought up at the beginning of this conversation is just kind of like how you grew up and um, the conversations that you had growing up with, whether it be your parents, friends, other family members, and just kind of how you were, quote unquote, like, molded into how to act in society. Yeah, but I mean, I grew up, you know, I grew up with a single father, you know what I'm saying? My parents were divorced, um, and I ripped and run the streets. Now, you ask my mother, she, that's, that's not, that's not the way. Um, but I think I turned out all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but the, the stuff that my dad instilled, it was like, I was, in, I was around a lot of adult conversation and stories. And so a lot of that, a lot of those stories I took and implemented my own, like, little, you know, little cocoon of life, so to speak. And I was like, and I would run into these stories. I was like, I've, I've been here before, but I really haven't, you know what I mean? And so, uh, for instance, me and the boys, we out late, um, not supposed to be, uh, we get pulled over. I have no driver's license. I would much rather him take me, uh, to jail than to call my father. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But it's the pleasance, uh, you know, that I have, that I had with the police. And I still have. How you doing? You know what I'm saying? Once again, you need to feel safe. And it's weird that I need to make you feel safe and you have a gun or two. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's, That's I'm really saying. weird to me. But well, I like, need to make you feel safe. You have to, like, say things in a certain way so that white people aren't like oh you're just another blah 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 right right and you know and like watching your words and enunciation and the way you say things like i guess that's the part that to me is like so bothersome and it would be like so well yeah i mean you think about it like when when we we when did i get we get to washington last year i got pulled over Mm -hmm. remember we was coming back from portland yeah, we got pulled got, over a couple of times. Only a couple of times, yeah. That we've uh, moved here. Uh, it was weird. But the the second time we had got pulled over, first time we was going to my niece's gymnastics meet uh, up north in Seattle. The second time we got pulled over, I was just, you know, we was in conversation like this. We were just rolling. And I was like, I'm about to get pulled over. She's like, what? Where? And you, I saw the lights turn on before the blue lights turn on. I pulled off. Um and what I do, you know, turn the radio, I change the radio, let the windows down, put my hands on the steering wheel. I have a record button in my car, hit that. She's like, what are you doing? It's just like the the amount of steps that I have to take versus somebody else that won't even think about taking steps is, is what we grow up with on the regular. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, honestly, the, the conversation was, I still have that recording, uh, I don't know why I keep stuff like that, but I still have it. Um, But I just, I really think about the steps that I do when I do get pulled over. You know, both hands on the steering wheel, let all your windows down, um, turn your radio off, turn the key, turn the car off, take the keys out of ignition, either put them on the dashboard or just drop them right outside the car. 
Um, a lot of people don't even think about that stuff. It's like, man, shit, I can pull over again. What does he want? It's like, well, that is not the way to tone in which I want to take this person. And it's dark. <laughs> I'm dark. <laughs> Camera can't see me. <laughs> I'm nervous. Like, I think about all of these things. So back to the topic, I mean, when, when, when people, when white people, select white people are around a group of black people. And let me, let, let me pause and just say for the, for the select white people who grew up around black folk, not talking to you, <laughs> I am not at all talking to you. You are, you have a baseline understanding what to say, what not to say do's and don'ts. But for those who did not grow up around black people at all. One, that's not your fault. Two, you do have to learn how to talk to black folk. Mm-hmm. Because one thing about uh, about me, you know, I'm not in a high position of power. I wouldn't want you to know that I'm in a high position of power because I want to know how you're going to talk to people when I don't have a suit on or a face on. Right. And that was going to be. The other thing I mentioned was, like, if you never grew up talking to black people, then you might throw out, like, a stereotype thinking you're being funny or joking or what have you. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really offensive. Yeah. And one can only hope that you're in the presence of somebody with a light sense of humor. And the other thing oh. that I think that... I- one of the things that I have learned is that just because you feel comfortable around a group of black people does not mean that you get to share in the same jokes and laugh at the same things because you don't have that experience. Mm. And so if, you know, if a black person snaps for that, (laughs) if a black person is saying something, joking with another black person about, I'll just say like a stereotype Mm -hmm. from the black community and they're laughing and making a joke out of it. Like you don't get to chime in on that joke because (laughs) you don't have the right. And that's, and I think that's one of the important things that white people should understand is that just because Mm -hmm. it's fun, these are all your friends. It's a good time. Like you do have to learn that like, you still don't get to say the same things and you still don't get to laugh at every joke. And that might not seem fair to some white people, but if you don't understand why that's, uh, why that is in fact fair, then you need to kind of continue to research and educate yourself and understand. Sorry, that's the dog. Get on somewhere. We're working. She's been so loud this whole episode. <laughs> we'll get it done one day. <laughs> uh, she needs some type of attention, but it's it's fine. I don't know. Um, overall, I mean, everything that we've watched and seen over the past few months, um, I look at it and I'm like, huh, this isn't any different. And, you know, a lot of people have said this, and I'm just going to repeat it. The only difference is that we're able to capture it on video. It's been, you know, happening for years, for decades, for centuries. Um, how select white people in power treat black folk or think that, you know, this is how black folk should be treated. I mean, I talked to a white person 
about redlining. And they was like, what is redlining? I said, interesting. You had no idea about this? So what, are they, what did they teach you in school? You know what I mean? Because right. I didn't learn that in school, honestly. I had to find out, you know, from my friend's aunt. She's like, yeah, this happened in Detroit. They wouldn't let black folk buy homes. And we had money. They just didn't want our money. Right. They didn't want us to thrive. So they put us in the, the select neighborhoods, which is now called the quote unquote ghetto or the hood, which sidebar, what, what is the hood? <laughs> I never understood that. Oh, I'm from the hood, man. I mean, you from a rough area. I always thought like, I don't know. What if this do you is gonna, think? I don't know if this is going to sound stupid, but it might. I, <laughs> you, you, you out there. <laughs> this is how our conversations go. It just is me saying, I don't know. I'm just going to throw this out. I kind of just always thought it was like someone made it up as like a slang term for like neighborhood. I mean, isn't that correct? Hmm. <laughs> kind of. No, no, <laughs> no, not correct. <laughs> no. I mean, the hood is where, you know, the hood is where the. I mean, it's the, not the, just like a the, neighborhood. The, indi- the individual. But... It is just it is a neighborhood. But the hood, to me, my opinion is where individuals who are educated and individuals who are not educated come together to protect that said neighborhood, which means any uh, legal and illegal activity that goes on, it is protected, so to speak, and the kids around there grow up differently. I mean, systematically, black kids, Hispanic kids, we never had a chance. Yeah. We never had a chance. You ever had government cheese? That Government shit is gross. Gross. I've had some. It's gross. It's worse what thing is ever. it? It's gross. It's all it needs. It comes <laughs> in a block and it's just like you cut it. It's, it's, it's gross. Block cheese? It, yeah, but it doesn't melt. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's bad. So, I mean, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I got off on the tangent. But like neighborhoods uh, like that, like systematically, like, you know, black people never really had a, a true chance and when we did have that chance you know it's shutting is shut down and written off by policies and the powers that be the people that we vote in uh via congress legislation judges uh, governors you know senators those are the ones that make these laws for their people come to think of it you know someone like pelosi like and, and mcconnell and this, why do y'all old asses want to keep working Right? That's that is not a job I mean, that I want to have. Don't you want to go have. on the beach somewhere? No, they be retired. Old ass, the, the, see, but that's the thing. Like old white people like that want to be in control, have to be in control. Black people have been trying to figure out how to retire at forty for years. <laughs> okay. Know. Soon as I turn forty, retire. I'm done with this. I don't want to do it no more. I mean, that's my mento, but I don't know if that's gonna happen anymore. What are you doing? I'm listening to you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's time for a fun fact. Is it time for a fun fact? Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, fun well, fact. Are we going to do unpopular opinion? We'll do that after fun fact. Okay. So. Fun fact, like random fun fact about you? Random fun fact about me. Yes. Are we saying our own this time? Well, no. Oh, we're doing it. About yeah. each other. Yeah. I thought we talked about this. <laughs> Random fun fact about Chris. Well, you kind of said it already earlier in the episode. Oh. But 
you'll be singing everywhere and anywhere that we go um, in public. And sometimes I'm like, will you just zip it for like two seconds? I really don't. I, I really just be singing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like to hear me. All right. Back, fun fact about me. Fun fact about Chloe. Before she falls asleep, she touches my shoulder. It's just it's been that way for the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing, but like it's just like clockwork. Oh, I'm going to bed, and she just reaches out, touches my shoulder, like on some diner. Reach out and touch somebody's hand, <laughs> and then she just falls asleep. It's like, like a comfort thing. I don't know. Don't yeah. make me embarrassed. Like, some people got a blanket. Say my private opinion or some, my private Some people got actions. a blanket. Some people got a, a strong shoulder. You're dumb. Okay. All right. Unpopular opinions this week. What is it? What is your Well, I'm, I already told you. I'm using your brothers because he listened, right? He listened yeah. to the episode last week and he said this and i was like oh couldn't agree more could not agree more are you going are you siding with henry duyan about this? i am hot siding with henry about this all right you ready are you ready I'm listening. Ooh, you already know it but i still like are you ready <sighs> unpopular opinion in and out burger not that good you said that. I have said that. I've had them twice in my whole life. Both times, not impressed. You weren't intoxicated. Their fries were... I mean, maybe I didn't do the fries right. Cause you I didn't, didn't do, do the fries right. I didn't do the fries with all the you stuff. You didn't but do the fries right. But All I will fault. say is that the fries tasted like cardboard Listen, the last time I had cardboard. it. Cardboard? <laughs> Listen, In-N-Out Burger was... They were, like, kind of tough and... No, I was it's like, not. No flavor. Oh, my... No... F- whatever i know i've actually heard someone say that like if you get plain fries they're trash you have to get them like animal style or whatever yes. but we've never done that so how was i supposed to know we're bad <laughs> i've had it i before. still feel i mean the burger was fine it was just like another like good fast food burger i guess but I think they're just a little overhyped, in my opinion. Like, people take photos whenever they go to In-N-Out Burger and post it on Instagram and this and that. And I'm like, mm. I mean, I get you. You, you don't post photos saying... at McDonald's and their fries are the best. I, yo, <laughs> McDonald's is second best behind Perfect Cup. Perfect Cup is this restaurant oh, in Anchorage. Oh, you're right. And if you ever go to Anchorage, Alaska, you have to go to Perfect Cup because all all the food is good, but their fries, oh my goodness. Listen, I thought McDonald's fries was the best fries in the world until I had Perfect Cup. McDonald's is a definite strong second. Perfect Cup's fries Cup. are good. Perfect Cup's food is just so good. And it's fresh. And it's like perfect like lunchtime food. They got wraps, they got soups, they got sandwiches perfect cup's gonna have to pay us <sighs> i could go for some perfect <laughs> cup oh uh, unpopular opinion unpopular opinion for you what's yours this week i don't know i haven't had time to think about it you had a whole week <laughs> oh, i did have a whole week well it's thanksgiving <laughs> And I forgot about it. Well, everything. can you think of something on the spot or can I think of something on the spot? 
that I'm you popular. think most people like that you don't agree with? Uh, yeah, actually, I can. Qdoba's is way better than Chipotle. Chipotle ain't all that. I've had them both. I agree. I Unpopular opinion. Qdoba's is better than Chipotle. I agree. Um, the wraps. Strongly the rice, agree. The, the, the first sauce. of all, okay. first of all, have you gotten a burrito from Chipotle? Oh my gosh. It's so just. <laughs> it's like falling apart. Fall apart on you. It's like, yo, what is, where's the tuck at? You got to tuck it in. You can't just be like, like having the fresh veggies and rice and chicken fall out. The, listen, I'm blaming it on the rappers. And that's all there is to it. I guess. I just am like, I felt like when we got Chipotle the last time, it was just so unevenly distributed. Yeah. The, the, the toppings. It was like you got one bite with some tomatoes, one bite with some beans. Like I, I remember when I got my second one, and don't ask me, I was in the mood for a burrito, and we live really close to Chipotle compared to Qdoba's, which is like eight miles, ten miles away. Uh, Chipotle is like 0.8. Also, Qdoba's <laughs> queso. Way better. Ten times better. Way better. I don't know what they're doing with it, but it's so much, so much better. And I'm not even mad. But the area we live in, like I said, it's like everything's there from, you know, we had Popeye's, Five Guys opening. Chick-fil-A is opening right next to Five Guys, which is right next door to Popeye's, which (laughs) is right behind Red Robin. I feel like Red Robin may... No, Red Robin's not going out of business. A lot of people like Red Robin. The kids like Red Robin Mm -hmm. around here. But anyway, like, you know, we live next to a mall, which is pretty dope. So you can just walk. So it's super fun and fun. Um, This week's episode in conversation is awesome. Call it White America. Okay. What do you think about that? Yeah. White America. White America. White people, educate yourself. Select white people, educate yourself. You know, you will definitely find that we are not that different. True that. You know, I put my pants on, you put your pants on. (laughs) One leg at a time. Okay? If you superhero dive into your pants, like, yo, you got it. I can't do that. Well. All right, guys. Well, that is our second week of Point of View. So, feel free to share with your friends, your fam. Take a listen. Email us at 2020pointofview at gmail.com. Again, 2020pointofview at gmail.com. Yep. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns. We will be thinking about next week's topic for you guys. So, stay tuned for next Sunday. And I'm hoping that this guy named Slim Keys can give me some production. Shout out to Slim Keys. Oh, and go get that uh, recipe sold separately by Mook and Frio. That's super dope. Uh, If you want your training done in Florida, go see A.C. Collins. You know what I'm saying? Athletic culture. Um, If you're in Anchorage and you want to get better at basketball, go see my young bulls, uh, Jay Zamora and uh, Don Dres. Get better daily basketball camp and they got gear anyway 
All right, so Everybody you heard owes it. Me Twenty bucks. You heard the shout out. We <laughs> <laughs> just went on a shout out rant. Okay. We got to. All right, man. That's our episode. Um, and if no one else told you that you're awesome today, you are awesome. And if no one else loves you, I love you. Oh, so sweet. All right, bye, guys. Bye.